All right, we thank you and appreciate your giving, all of you who have given. Some of you uh, don't actually give on Sunday. You give before. You give through the app. So when I say thank you for your giving, I'm not just talking about today. I'm talking about whenever you have given. We appreciate it, and we thank you. Now we come to the part of receiving the word of God. And so we're going to go through our confessions, and then we're going to bring our speaker up for this morning. So get your Bibles in your hand. This is my Bible. Come on, say it a little bit better than that. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. Beautiful. I'm a part of Deliverance Temple. Where we love by living our vision every day. Yes, amen. We connect with our creator continually. Yes, we do. We confess our deliverance consistently. Yes, we commit to serve creatively. We communicate Christ's love compassionately. Father God, Feed me your word. If you believe it, go ahead and make some Holy Ghost noise in this place. Hallelujah. Well, our speaker is a dear person to me. Without her, I would not be here. She brought this big head into existence, and I appreciate it. But what I'm also grateful for, I speak of me carrying on the legacy of my father, but... Uh, Sometimes since I'm the one talking, sometimes it may be easy to forget that I lost a father, but she lost a life partner. But she's carrying on his legacy, too. And she told me that she knew what he would want out of her and he would want her to step up. And she said she would step up. So now she covers the Bible study. She's been doing more preaching. She's been getting invited to preach just as much as me. Go ahead with your bad self. And I appreciate it. So let's bring up elect lady Joyce Mitchell with a hearty amen. And a God bless you. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Amen. Amen. Preach the word, Mother Mitchell. Look at her fancy. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father God, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your presence, God. Thank you for everyone that is present. These are your people, God. And Father God, I want you to feed them, God. Give them a word from you, God. I decrease so that you can increase in me. And Father, we want you to look all over the globe, the globe God, in the name of Jesus. Bless those in Ukraine. Bless those in Israel and Palestine that have suffered loss. Bless all those in Maine that have just suffered loss. God, heal them. Heal the hurting hearts, God, everywhere. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Well, the thought that the Lord gave me today is, can you carry me? And I got this thought from um, the Footprints poem. 
Can you put the uh, footprint picture up? And in this poem, Footprints in the Sand, it describes a person who sees two sets of footprints in the sand. One pair of footprints belongs to God and the other pair to the individual. But at some point, the two pair of footprints merge together and you only see one set. And that's where God carried you through a difficult time. And all of us can testify that we have been through a difficult time at some point in our lives. And so since Jesus carried each of our sins and died in our place on the cross, who can we carry and bring to Jesus? And I was thinking about how a pregnant mother, she carries that baby for nine months. And most women, when they're pregnant, if they drink or smoke, they'll stop drinking, they'll stop smoking, they'll try to eat right, they'll take the vitamins, they'll do everything they can do because they want to have and deliver a healthy baby. Amen? And so my question for you is, can you carry me through this trauma? Can you carry me through my depression? Can you carry me through my grief? And can you carry me through this trial until I can see Jesus for myself in this storm? And my question is, can we be the hands and feet of Jesus in the day that we're living in? And um, this is so um, precious to me how Jesus carried each of us and how he rocks us and cradles us in his arms. Amen? Amen. And when I'm talking about carrying somebody, I'm not talking about uh, just carrying somebody that doesn't want to do better, somebody that's not even trying. Some people want to be leeches and just uh, lean on you they feel that you're obligated to see about them. The Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat. I didn't write that. That's the word. Amen? And so when I'm talking about caring people, I'm not talking about people that aren't trying to help themselves. And God will help you when you help yourself. Amen? So in the scripture, we're going to look at three instances of of people that had a legitimate need. When I'm talking about helping somebody, I'm talking about helping somebody that has a legitimate need, not somebody that wants to wallow in bitterness, wallow in unforgiveness, and they think of stuff that's happened 20, 30 years ago, and they still want to talk about that. I'm not talking about carrying that type of person. Amen? So I just want to get that clear. All right, let's go to the scripture, and it's going to be in St. Luke the fifth chapter, starting at the 17th verse. One day, Jesus was teaching, and the Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. And this is out of the common English uh, Bible. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. 
They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. Everybody had come from all around just to hear and see this man, Jesus. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Jesus came with this purpose to heal the sick and make everybody whole. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. Well, these were four men, and they brought their paralyzed friend who was lying on a cot. They wanted to carry him and place him before Jesus. Now, these friends, first, they had to persuade him that was paralyzed and convince him that Jesus could heal him. Keeping in mind that none of them knew Jesus, none of them had ever met Jesus, but they just heard about him and they caught hold of faith. And what they did, they helped to raise the, their paralyzed friend's level of expectation. They let him know, you can be healed. We've heard about him. Haven't you heard about him? We want to take you there. And so this paralyzed man, he caught hold of faith. And he trusted what his friends told him. And you can be paralyzed by fear, by depression, or anything that prevents you from being or flowing in what God has called you to be. And see, when you're paralyzed, you're either partially paralyzed or completely paralyzed. And so I don't, the scripture doesn't really explain how paralyzed this guy was, but we know he could not move his extremities. That's why they were carrying him on a cart. Amen. The next verse. Well, I can't see that without my glasses. <laughs> when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof. Well, when the guys got there, and they saw the big crowd around this house where Jesus was. And they realized, we can't get in. We can't bogart all these people that have already been here. And we cannot get in. All right, let's go to the next verse. And they lowered him on the mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Can you put a picture up, please? This always baffled me because when I would read this earlier, I was wondering, well, how, why didn't these people fall off the roof? And, uh, but in biblical times, this is the way a roof was. The All roofs right. were flat. And you see they had stairs going up. And these men carried this man on a cot up those steep stairs. Thank you. Amen. Amen. And so the roofs were made of sun-baked mud and brushwood, and these tiles could be easily stripped off. These flat roofs often leaked during the rainy season, and they often had to be replaced. The rainy season was from November through March. 
and they would take their crops up on the roof and allow them to dry out. And if you notice, uh, the, these roofs had a real small wall around it so that people wouldn't fall off the roof. People even got up there and would uh, just rest and, you know, open up to look at the stars and things like that. And so uh, what amazes me about these friends, they were so determined. They didn't ask anybody's permission. Could they go up on somebody's roof? They didn't ask anybody's permission. They just went up there and started tearing off tiles because they said, our friend needs help. And we want our, to see our friend delivered. And so they lowered this man down right in the midst of Jesus' teaching. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, your sins are forgiven. See, Jesus saw the greater need of this man. He let this man know, your sins are forgiven. And if you notice, Jesus didn't lay hands on him. He didn't ask him what's wrong with him. Jesus just spoke the word and said, your sins are forgiven. Verse 21. Can we have the next verse? Okay. Amen. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves. Amen. I, I got to find it on here. So, oops. Amen. I'm going to have to put my glasses on. All righty. Let's go to the next verse. Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God? So these were the church folks. They began to complain and murmur. They didn't really realize the Son of God was in front of them and that all three of them are in one. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, Why are you thinking these things in your hearts? So Jesus really was getting them straight. He was putting them on front street. Okay, the next verse. Jesus said, which is easier? To say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk. Amen? Let's go to the next verse. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus was telling them, this is who I am. I have this authority. I have this power. Amen? The next verse. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Jesus didn't ask the man, what's wrong with you? How long you been in this condition? He said, get up, take your mat, and go home. And how many of us need to do that? Get up out of your situation. Get up out of your sorrow. Get up out of your problems. Get up out of depression. Take your mat, pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, and go home. Amen. Let's look at the next, bit, next verse. 
Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. The paralyzed man didn't say, Jesus, I've been paralyzed for 20, 30 years. He took Jesus at his word. He got up immediately. Didn't say he slowed around and act like he was aching. He got up immediately, took his mat, and went home. The next verse. He went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. This was a notable miracle. Because these people, they saw how he got lowered down. They saw the condition that he was already in. And this was a miracle. Amen. Amen. And so these men, they physically carried him in. Sometimes you need to physically bring your children to church. We wouldn't have so much trouble with our youth today if we brought our children to church. Amen. All righty. Now I'm going to talk about um, the centurion. In the book of Matthew, the centurion's servant was very ill. And he said, Lord, I want you to heal my servant. And the Lord said, I will come and heal him. And so the centurion said to Jesus, I'm not even worthy for you to come up under my roof. But all I want you to do, Lord, is speak the word only. And I know my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled at that because he said, I haven't even seen this type of faith. Not even in Israel. I've never seen this type of faith. And the centurion said, he said, I know what authority means. I'm over a hundred men. And when I tell them to go here or go there or do this or do that, they do it. And how many of you all are under authority? Some people aren't. Some people don't know how to submit. Some people don't know how to submit to leadership. They won't submit to the pastor. And if you won't submit to the pastor or submit to your own husband, you won't submit to nobody. Amen. But the centurion, he was letting God know that he recognized his deity and that he wasn't even worthy for God to be in his home. That's why he said, speak the word. And that self-same hour, the scripture says, his servant was healed. Amen. Now I'm going to talk about uh, the Syrophoenician woman. And the account of this is in um, Matthew and Mark. And the Syrophoenician woman, she had a daughter that was grievously vexed with the devil. And uh, she sought Jesus because she wanted her daughter to be healed. Now the Syrophoenician woman, she carried her daughter in her heart. And the disciples, they wanted Jesus to send her away. But she was persistent. She kept following after Jesus. And um, she said, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. And Jesus told her, he said, it's not meat for me to give what belongs to the children of Israel to the dogs. Jesus really insulted her. 
and he called her a dog. And she said, truth, Lord, yes, I'm a dog. But she said, Lord, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And the Lord marveled at this, and he marveled at her persistence. And that same hour, her daughter was healed. Her daughter was healed, set free, and delivered. And I want to know, who are you carrying to the Lord? Who are you interceding for? Who do you call out on a regular basis? Someone that's suffering, someone that's going through, and that really needs your help. Amen. There's a lot of people that need help. You can look in your neighborhood. You, you see people on the store, in the store, people on the street that are homeless. Everybody has an issue. But can you intercede for them? Can you say, Lord, help them? Lord, bless them. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Deliver them, Lord. And, you know, for our young people, I often pray, Lord, keep them from every foul, wretched, demonic, perverted spirit. Watch over them. Let your blood cover them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And right now, I just want to give, I've given you three examples. The example of the man that was on the roof, the centurion, and the um, Syrophoenician woman. How these people all had legitimate needs that they carried to the Lord. Well, I just want to give a little testimony. Um, right after I lost my husband, a friend of mine called me and she said, uh, the Lord told me to see about you. And I said, okay. And so I really didn't think a lot about it because, you know, sometimes people say things and they don't follow through. And so, but this person followed through. I got cards. She sent me a book, uh, scriptures about peace. And uh, for Father's Day, that first Father's Day, she sent me a, a flag with my family's picture on it so I could put my husband's picture in the yard. And that really encouraged me. And often I got these things when I needed them the most. And one time I was uh, at home, and this was about six months after my husband had passed. And... I was trying to open some cheese Whiz. I beat on it with a little knife, ran hot water over it. That didn't work. And I have this little rubber thing that you're supposed to put on it to you know, help loosen, did all that. Then I have another thing where you can put it around the jar, but the, the lid was too big, and I couldn't fit it over there to loosen it. And I got so frustrated, uh, just so um, upset and angry. And I said, if Bishop was here, he would open this for me. Because he used to always clown. He said, Sister Mitchell, bring it here. You need a strong man, don't you? And I said, I said yes, I do. And he would act like he was a Hulk and doing all this, you know, flexing and everything. And he would open it. And so I couldn't get it opened. And I was upset, very, very angry. And the devil told me, just scream. And I said, no, I'm not doing that. And then he said, get a hammer and just bust it open. And so I, I, thought, I thought about that, but I said... Well, if I get a hammer, 
and I bust it all open, glass may grow everywhere, and I may get hurt. And I didn't want to get hurt. And so what I did, I was going over in my mind. Tears was coming down my face because I could not open this cheese whiz. But what I recognized as I start talking to myself, I recognized it was another spirit coming upon me. See, you can grieve, but you can also have a spirit of grief. And see, if a spirit of grief takes over, if that takes over, then every time I want to open something, those same emotions would creep back in. Those same emotions would plague me. You know, I'd be crying and having a pity party. And so I said, Lord, I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to call Andre. I'm not going to call Jonathan. They live across town. And I'm not going to call them over here just to open this up. And so I said, Lord, what shall I do? And you know what I did? I took that new jar of cheese whiz, cheese whiz, threw it in the trash, took the trash out, got in my car, went to Chick-fil-A, got me something to eat. Hallelujah. Because I said, I told the devil, I said, you're not going to worry me with this. I'm not going to get stressed out over this. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I wiped my face and did what I had to do. And some may say, well, you wasted uh, four or $5. But that's what I needed to do. I needed to do that to get my deliverance. And you know what? I haven't cried from that day to this over something simple. But see, the enemy will take you there. And if you entertain it, you will remain there and you will remain in bondage. Amen. But I thank God that I didn't remain there because I didn't want to be in bondage. Hallelujah. And anybody that knows my husband, he uh, loved men. He wanted to see men set free and delivered. Loose from whatever chains that bound them up. And I remember one time, um, and this has been years ago. He, um, he and John Hampton, they drove all the way to Minneapolis, Minnesota, which is about a 600, 683 miles from here. It's a 10 or 11 hour trip. And so I asked John to go with him because I didn't want him to go by himself. And see, at that time, they didn't have navigation system and didn't have GPS. And so you don't want to go that far alone. So John agreed to go with him. And they were going to bring a guy back here and put him in the Conley house. And then the ultimate goal was for this guy to try to get into Ivy Hilliard's um, drug treatment program. Well, John told me when they got up there... The man took him on a wild goose chase. He, he first got with him, and then he said, well, I got to go do, do this. Take me over there. Then he had him take him over someplace else. And John said they had him in neighborhoods that they really did not want to be in. And then he said uh, at one point the man went in. Him and my husband were sitting in the car waiting on this guy, and they waiting a long, long time. And then they said these other men came out, and said, well, if you don't uh, give us $200, 
we're not going to let him go with you. They're trying to act like this man was a hostage. And my husband told him, well, you're not getting no $200, period. And so we'd say, we can just leave him here. Long story short, the man never came with them. They had drove all that way. My husband spent his own money, his own resources. The man never came with them. But two years later, we found out that man was totally set free and delivered. And I said, I was so grateful for that because, see, John told me, he said, now, he said, Sister Mitchell, the spirit of Peter rose up on me because he said, I wanted to jump on him. (laughs) And, And he told me, he said, he said, but. I honor your husband to this day because your husband never got out of character. He said, your husband never started cussing. He never started showing out. And John told me, he said, I have been with men that say they're men of God. And soon as they get out of the city limits, they got another agenda. But I appreciate John for telling me that. Because, see, I was grateful um, for my husband But sometimes when he would do so many different things, uh, I would kind of wonder, you know. And I I told him one time, I said, some of these folks ain't doing nothing but using you. And listen, some of them were. But I was so glad that my husband didn't follow my lead. See, he had a charge to keep. And he followed what God told him to do. And I am so grateful for that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And um, I just want to give uh, you married people a little, a little tip. You have to allow the man to be the man. If he is the head, God made him the head and not you. And see, anything that has two heads is a freak. Anything with two heads is a freak. So you only need one head. And see, I didn't try to control my husband. I didn't try to, you know, whatever he said, the final authority was with him. And if he makes the wrong decision, see, that's between him and God. You don't need to get in the way. And see, when you're trying to control another person, that's the spirit of Jezebel, and that's the spirit of witchcraft. And we don't want to operate in that spirit. Amen. So I was just so uh, thankful and grateful for when I look back over all the people that my husband has led to the Lord, I know of nine people that are totally saved, set free, and delivered. One is a bishop. Two of them, Pastor Doyle in Anderson. He's a pastor now. Pastor Mel- Melvin Kelly, he's not a pastor, but he's ministering the word. And so many people. And I said... I don't have nine people to say that I have brought to the Lord. But guess what? I'm working on it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And see, God wants each of us to put our best foot forward. Seek him first above everything. Seek him with all that you have within you. And ask him, Lord, who can I carry to Jesus? Who can I encourage on today? Because somebody needs encouragement. And somebody just needs a little help. 
to move them just a little bit forward. And see, oftentimes we want grace when we make mistakes, but we don't want to give grace. And so you have to give grace because God grace gave grace to us. They hung him wide, hung him, hung him high and stretched him wide just for me and you. And I'm just about done. I just want to know who can you carry to Jesus? Pray my strength in the Lord. Amen. Let us rise to our feet. Let's do this. Say this. Say, can you carry me? Now say this. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Amen. Let's bow our heads and we'll pray the prayer of dismissal. Father God, we thank you for the word that we've heard, God. Thank you for the faith of those friends who carry their friend on top of the roof to get deliverance, God. And us as Deliverance Temple, God, help us to carry each other. And even though we have a ministry that seeks to help those outside those doors, but help us carry the ones inside of here. Help us be good members, good friends, and as a Lady Devin would call it, good pewmates to each other. To carry each other when we need carried. And Father, as we carry each other to the heights and heights and the depths that we're supposed to go to, we give you all the glory and all the praise. And we'll carry this community and beyond in honor of our bishop and in honor of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we thank you for it. Now, God, if there's anybody who does not know Jesus is the pardon of their sins, both in the building as well as online, I pray that they would just say these simple words. Jesus, come into my heart. Carry me to the Father and give me salvation and life forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you so much. We say God bless you to you. Have a wonderful, wonderful week. We love you. Make sure you carry someone. God bless you.